what you like, didn't uh, know is that I, you know, I actually went through and like trademarked everything, registered it, and then I put the Instagram post on. Just to, <laughs> <steer>. <laughs> yeah. Just to go through and steer, steer it all, all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sure. The little subtle hints sure. of being a gender. You know, you get to be soulless and just make these decisions. Yeah, just say, screw it, right? Uh, <clears throat> all right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Boots by the Fire, right? We got uh, Tom, my good friend, Tom, friggin' 21st century, real life, Hulk Hogan, a.k.a. Super America, a.k.a. the... <laughs> New, I don't know, state. What did we say? We said we're the 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 fifty fiftieth state or fifty fifty oh, first state. Yeah, I'm not repeating that. State. Yeah, <laughs> we're the fifty first state. <laughs> At least your back is. Mm, um, I'm gonna design we, a new back tattoo for you, just so it's got its own zip code and everything. Dude, backs. There you, you gotta go. at least get like it hinted on, just just for one, just to see what it looks like. I like. Put on it. a t-shirt. Uh, and then we got got my good man uh jonathan mr redbeard himself uh solace himself solace mr solace i'm kind of like a halfway between there i don't i'm not like full-blown ginger uh i got a little bit in there but he's i'm like like half soul he's over here completely solace so coming in um We are live in the Facebook group as well. What's up, everyone? I hope we're having a great day. Um, If I break out into a coughing spout, forgive me. Uh, For those of you guys who've sent good wishes and everything, um, birthday wishes, the the good Lord above decided that he was just going to knock me out for, you know, five days straight for my birthday. So that was fun. Um, Also, Jonathan, thank you for the, the birthday present. Awesome like my dad. Gotta, I'm assuming oh, yeah. it's you. You're like the only one. <laughs> you're, you're the one who sends random Amazon packages. Tina's like, what'd you buy? <laughs> Tina thinks I'm just buying this shit. I'm making it for myself. I'm like, no, that was definitely Jonathan. <laughs> no, that and I'll the tell dad her joke. It's from you. It's, you bought yeah. it. You yeah. bought it. I'm uh, just taking yeah. the hit, but you bought mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you say that you needed his his uh, PayPal or whatever? Like he had to give you money so you could buy it and send it to him <laughs> to pretend like you didn't buy it so Tina didn't know? <laughs> You know, what's funny is, what's funny is because we were sending stuff, um, we were sending stuff before Aurora was born, and then uh, we accidentally sent, it was, was it was pull-ups for it's one pull-ups, of our kids. like six-year-olds. They showed yeah. up. Yeah. It's like six-year-olds. I'm like, why did we get Plan six-year-old ahead. diapers? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, no, they're in the garage. They'll, they'll last, they'll last <laughs> for a couple <laughs> years. Yeah. So now I get to go through and essentially shuttle that around if we ever move. It's in the sh- it's on the <laughs> shelf. There'll be a day six years from now when she's old enough and we'll be like, Thanks, Jonathan. I'll just make a post about it, you know, six years from now. It's like got the gift. <clears throat> Finally made it. But um no. So appreciate that. Uh but yeah, we're on the men. How's your guys week been going? Good. good. I'm dealing with that as crazy as you guys with the sickness. I heard like the whole first form headquarters, like Dude. 70% of them are out. But um, I've had the same weird like chest. Like I can't get rid of like the like not a cough so much, but like coughing stuff up, like just sinuses and everything. It's been awful. But powering through because I figure if I don't have a don't have a fever, I can still keep doing everything I'm doing. So yeah, yeah. Not too bad. It's, I haven't 
I haven't weighed myself. I haven't done, I've literally, I've been very happy though with like what I've done tracking nutrition through this piece, just tracking stuff. Um, I've lived off of Formula One and then soup that Tina's made me, but I've been like, there's days where I'll go from like, oh, I think I'm getting out of the fever and then I check my temperature. I feel like I'm feeling normal. It's like, oh, you're at 101. And it's like, no, okay, yeah. it's still there. And the next thing I know I'm drenched in sweat. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? So it's definitely, it's gone around like, yeah, 70, 75% of the entire, the workforce at headquarters got, got hit with it. I mean, all the way into the warehouse. So it's been, it's gone around. That's for sure. So I don't know, too many people hugging each other, I guess. No more hugging. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what do you guys want to talk about? Got anything pressing you want to hit on? Any topics? This you week. said you had a fantastic topic. Yeah, you're right. I got a great topic. I have, I have a great topic, but this isn't Jake's show. This is this is Boots by the Fire. This is the boys, yeah. right? Yeah, the boys. Like, and, and, and we don't shut you up if you have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> so if you got something to say, we don't have anything. So go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have nothing, is what you're telling me. You want me to bring... I mean, I'm well, I, I usually brainstorm, but you text. So I stopped using my brain. That's all I gotta do. Yeah, I I'm just... pretty. I'm pretty. I'm a pretty simple creature. <laughs> I'm a pretty simple guy. <laughs> Point known. If you need Tom to stop thinking, just send him a text. <laughs> He's good. He's good. Stay up to date with him. <clears throat> all right. Um, I wanted to go go through the scenes. I mean, okay, we're not bringing any. Another topics to it. Two things really wanted to, to hit on. Both you guys are fathers, right? Um, I think going through that, we have an entire Facebook group, of course, for anyone who's listening. Like, we are live in the First From Outdoors Facebook group right now. Um, and maybe other, you know, dads, fathers, and, and this isn't just for dads, right? But parents in general. Um, I wanted to get your guys' perspective on, you know, what was life before um, becoming healthy, fit, active? Um, but what what was life like before having kids, right? And then through that, because I feel like definitely, I mean, I can look at family members of mine that like will utilize kids and utilize family as an excuse of why not to go through and do certain things or, hey, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, for you guys, both, I see you guys both doing these things. I'm a new dad, right? Like, so in this piece, like selfishly is like, you guys have been in the game for a lot longer than I have in this piece, but even being newer to it, I can definitely, I can see where people can go and let off the gas and ultimately just use it as an excuse of like, oh, I'm taking care of my family or I'm diving more into work or I'm doing this to spend more time here. Um, I can see how that can be a thing right especially in the the new early stages where it's like all you want to do is hug them and cuddle them especially when you're sick and you can't do that um but outside of that like i also see how much of an important piece it is to make sure like instilling those habits right of getting your daily movement in ultimately looking at like what are you eating on a day-to-day -day basis right and like just being aware of like what are you surrounding yourself with 
um, in your home. I'm a big believer of like out of sight, out of mind. So like in my household, like with Tina and I, I'm like, just get the shit out of the, the house, right? When it comes to food and different stuff that it doesn't need to happen there. Um, but I just, what, what's your guys' kind of takes on that from before being a dad to being a dad? Like how have some things shifted in your guys' life? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in on that. So that's the whole reason why Red Beard Outdoors started, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> I was in an office setting at the time, and uh, I worked. So I, I don't work Sundays because that's always been my family day. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it's also you know a day that I, I want to dedicate to God, and family is a big part of that. But, uh, you know, so I worked Saturdays. Every other Saturday I would work, and the Saturdays that I would work, I would get a random day off during the week, usually a Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, so I'd come back in. At the time, my kids were real little. Um, man, I'm trying to remember exactly when. But either way, I know Asher was at least a toddler, if not younger. And then Esther was either just born or hadn't been born yet when I first started this job. And and so I'd come back into the office after my day off, and people would be like, oh, what would you do on your day off? I'm like, um, well, we did this hike or we did that or I checked out one of the older kids. I checked him out of school and because uh, I knew they were having a rough day. So I checked him out. We did a little mile hike up in these beautiful mountains we have here in Utah and, um, you know, ran errands, did grocery shopping, stuff like that. And uh, and they always kind of looked at me like, "What? how did you do that? With Aren't your kids tiny? Like they, they you know, can't hike. And uh, how did you fit that in your day? And, and it just kind of blew my mind because a lot of people – in the office would you know they'd run errands and binge shows on their days off and that's really all they would do um sometimes they'd get drunk and wasted the night before which blows my mind if they had kids i'm like how do you do that and wake up hung over to get your kids off to school but uh whatever and so it just kind of blew my mind that like people didn't understand that and the fact that again a big reason why i stayed here in utah was the fact that i could drive 10 minutes and i can hit multiple different trailheads and at least the first mile of those trails generally are kid friendly. And at the time, the kids that, that couldn't walk, I would just put them in a baby carrier. They have these amazing things called baby carriers that you can put them on your front and walk. And then you kind of get a little bit of a workout. It's like a weighted vest. And so, and I usually would turn my baby outward so they could get the view. They weren't just staring at my beard the whole time. They could watch the, the mountains and, and get to see everything. And... Um, and so I started the Instagram for that reason, because I, I was like, well, if, you know, if it's happening here in my office, like I can imagine that's that's what's going on elsewhere. So I would just share our adventures and things that we were doing that to me seemed easy and menial. But uh, to I guess a lot of people, they didn't even think about it. So honestly, I don't really know what my I didn't have a marriage pre kids because my wife had three kids. So I became instant dad. So I don't I mean, pre Pre-marriage, I was on my mission in Mexico. So, like, it was a completely different life. Um, But having kids, to me, uh, I guess to answer your question, it's not an excuse to get away from the outdoors. If anything, it pushes me more to the outdoors because the kids want to know why you're on your phone so much or the kids want to know this or that or the other. And I want want to raise my kids to be the best members of society that they can be um, so that I'm not just handing over some... Uh, man, I can't say that word because I'm not cursing right now. Um, <laughs> some, some idiot. I want to. I don't want to hand over. Lazy some piece idiot. of shit. 
yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say an S head, but you know I can't uh, I can't say that right now. So some idiot. I don't want to hand over some idiot to society and be like, okay, take care of him, you know. And so that that's for me just a that's a long answer to your to your question. But um, being a parent is the most rewarding and an awesome responsibility. Um, but it is that it is a responsibility, and you dedicate eight, at least eighteen years of your life to each child that you have and you're supposed to be their primary caregiver their primary instructor educator and then if you fulfill all of those check boxes then you get to be their friend and and so that that's i mean long answer to short question but that's what i do i don't use them as an excuse and i don't think anyone else should for going off of that like where did that like for you where did that come from did that is that just something that you've always wanted or is that something your parents like your dad or things did with you back in the day like where did yeah, that start? so so that's another big thing too why so i love the east and i've never really i've never lived in the midwest um it's a lot harder to get out. out and enjoy nature in on the east coast like i mean there's the beach there's, we've had, we had the mountains and things like that but it, it was a drive right to get there i lived in the city um, I loved my time and very much cherished my time with my with my dad whenever we would do scouting events. Um, and then during the summer, whenever I'd get to go to the lake house, I absolutely loved that. So they taught me that. But more than anything, I knew I wanted to be a dad. And then my passion for the outdoors being out here in Utah when I ended up moving out here prior to getting married, um, all of those just kind of came together. like. I didn't necessarily know the career choice that I was going to choose, but I knew I wanted to be a dad. That was something that is, I mean, I don't know if it's in my DNA or what, but that's, that's what, that's what I've always wanted to do. So I just meshed the two and found ways like, yeah, you got to understand you're not going to go get your 15 mile hike in. Like don't, you got to kind of lower the standards a little bit. So you're not frustrated with your kids. Cause then that's going to create a poor experience for them when you're out there. If you're expecting to go 15 miles and no snacks and little water, like your kids are not going to go for that. So you're going to have to have a backpack with snacks that you stop every like half hour, give them a snack break, give them some water, you know, stuff that you wouldn't normally do, but you create that, you, you create those good memories for the kids. And then they remember as they get older, they may not remember the hike or the trail, but they can relate happy times with their dad or their mom with the outdoors. And then, you know, as their friends are wanting to be on screens and all this other crap, um, that's easier nowadays and that parents put, you know, their kids in front of a screen, uh, your kids are going to be like the weird ones that you could just leave outside and they're going to love it outside because they know they can do things. And, and so mm -hmm. that's just kind of, you know, it's, it's the small investments from the beginning, um, that I've tried to treat it that way to, to get my kids to, to enjoy the outdoors more as they've gotten older. Yeah, no, well, you could definitely, you can see, I mean, just seeing it with, you know, of course, it's like those little investment pieces, right? To where I, now seeing them shoot the bows, getting out there, doing those fun things. Like they're so, just so impressionable at that time. So it's just, it's super, super cool to be able to see that transition throughout it. And ultimately, I like, <clears throat> I like, I read this, this quote, right? Um, and it, it I kind of tied into like the outdoor piece and it's if you're not born into a family of wealth you must be the individual to bring wealth to your family well it's very similar in the sense like 
if you are not born into a family who is involved into the outdoors or involved in really anything, right? Like you are the one responsible for starting that trend, right? And that you could apply that to any any piece. I heard it in that sense of like the aspect of, of wealth and just being able to like be a like financially successful individual, right? If you're not born into that kind of a family, well, you are the individual who is ultimately starting that in your family. It's a conscious decision of like taking taking those steps to making those different things happen. No one's gonna do it for you, right? And I think that's like, for a lot of people who might even be in the, the First From Outdoors Facebook group or you know people that I've talked to in the outdoor side of it, like dude, there's, there's so many people, Sean, right at headquarters, so many people even at First Form headquarters that have never hunted before, never fished before, never done any of these things, like grew up Long Island, New York, or come from California, or just grew up in a city setting where they didn't have family, friends to go do these different things to where it's like, it's up to Sean. Now you look at Sean and he's a freaking lumberjack, right? So he'll be the one who starts that trend Right. And essentially those different family traditions in, you know, in his family or in the surroundings of his friends and family. And it's just it's a it's an interesting concept to think. And I think now just even having, you know, Aurora, that that's a lot of that to where it's like, OK, I'm very she's very she doesn't even know it. She's very fortunate to grow up in a family to where it's like, OK, we're, we're doing these things. Right. It's my job to go through and be that guide to do similar to what you've you've already gone through and done it's it's cool to hear that like i'm yeah i'm a firm believer you don't have to be someone who's like going 15 miles it's like just bring them along i look back at my dad all that stuff he didn't have to take me out into a tractor or go do any of this shit on the farm right but it's like i did anything i could i'd skip any ounce of school i could to go ride in the tractor with dad or go to the shop or any of those kind of things so it's it's just uh it's being present in those areas. But Tom, how about you? Uh, well, one, I, I am one of those people who didn't have anyone in their family. Right. This is a great I, I was born into that. I was born yeah. into that. So that's exactly the whole point. Like I have to be that person now that I found a love. Like we, when we would go fishing, I think I've said this before on the podcast, like we would bring like hot dogs and like cheese. I was like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> We thought fishing sucked because we wouldn't catch fish. Like, well, why wouldn't you catch fish? Did you use what that we were... to catch the fish? Was that your <laughs> bait tried. or was that your snack? We tried. I, I, think, I think it was multi-purpose. <laughs> I think he figured if we were out there too long, at least we could eat it. And he's like, you know what? If we run out of it, we'll just go home. You brought the little wieners, didn't you? Like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure we had the normal ones. You cut them up. We were cheap. We were poor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <So> it was, <laughs> it was, hey, we had one hot dog for all four, all four kids, and you're only going to get two casts, and you're going home. <laughs> you know you know it's a high quality hot dog when the fish look at it and turn away yeah uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly the bottom yeah, dwellers like, are the only ones eating it so <laughs> like i like what jonathan said because you kind of like we're touching base on like how it was before as opposed to how it is after kids and he hit was one of my highest points that i talk about is making them a part of it and instead of it being like your journey or your fitness journey or your because before kids, it is your journey. It's only your journey. You're the only one that matters in that journey. Whatever the, whatever the, whatever you're going after, whatever the case may be, it's your focus point is you. But when you have kids, that can't be that anymore. It has to be everyone. Even when you get married, it has to be you and your spouse. And it's you and your spouse and your kids. And it's a whole unit, all whether it be your goals or their goals or 
what their interests are, your interests are, you all have to figure out the way to communicate properly to actively not only support each other, but also make sure that they're on track too. So like I know when I first, when we, when, you know, we, me and Rachel have been into fitness for quite a while. So the, like our, our before kids was never really an issue. We just, we both worked out, we'd come home, we'd meal prep. Like, so we got into the fitness lifestyle way before kids. So when we had kids and we were both in it, well, she's got goals and so do I. So what are we going to do? It's like, well, we bought fitness equipment and canceled gym memberships. Now we're going to work out at home. Like that's not going to be an option. It's not going to be an excuse anymore. Cause like I said, a lot of people blame the time. A lot of people, I can't go to the gym. I can't meal prep. I got kids. I got all this stuff now with kids that I don't have time for it. Well, it's not that you don't have time for it. It's that you haven't prioritized it. You guys haven't figured out a way to make it work for your schedules and your, you know, your structures and what you have to do. And then obviously the more kids you have, the more, you know, the more of a pain it becomes. And then when does it get older that you have extracurriculars and all the other bullshit that ensues. But it's literally, it, 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 all of it boils down to the, is how bad you want it, how much of a priority are you going to make it, and how are you going to communicate that across the board and make it all work? Like, me and Rachel, if it weren't for me and Rachel's communication in order to make our schedules work, like, I work out six days a week. We meal prep. Like, she tracks in the app just like I do. I'm her coach in the app. Like, she hits check marks better than I do. Like, it all comes down to knowing that what's in the fridge, if you cook that, that was you. That's yours. Like, it's a little weird unit. Like, it's not every night we're sitting down for dinner together at the moment. But it's, she's got goals. I got goals. Kids are in sports now. They got goals. They got pictures. They got they got practice. Like, my son just now is going to join baseball. What used to be like a sport would be like one practice a week and one game a week is now three games a week, two practices. She's in horseback riding. She's in soccer too. Like it's, it's she's in ballet. It's all this different stuff. But you bet your ass we're both going to get to the gym and you bet your ass we're both going to eat our food and we're going to put in the work necessary because we've made that a priority. And again, not only that, but we've also communicated that with our kids. They've communicated what they want and we've made that work. Again, it's all about what everyone wants. You can't be like, everyone thinks that when you work out for yourself, you're being selfish. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you're not going to make yourself the best version of yourself and then emulate that to show them what they should be doing as well. Again, like what do you, what are they going to, what are they going to mirror? They mimic you, right? So if they used to see you sitting on your ass and you're not doing anything and you're not putting forth the effort and you're not going for your goals and you're not striving for what you want. Well, what are they going to think when you say, Hey, work harder. Why you don't, Hey, get off the game. Let's go practice. Why? You sit on your phone. Why? All you do is come home and watch TV. You don't have much of ground to stand on if you're doing the same shit that you don't want them to do. So be the example. Hey, how come I don't sit down except to eat and then go to bed? I'm not done moving until 10 o'clock at night. Well, because if they saw me sitting on my ass all day, it'd be a little hard for me to then tell them that to do not do the same. When we have the conversation, like, so we're, I'm a big proponent of looking at like positive and negative. So like when we, when they, they'll play basketball and they'll have a game and then they come home and it's like, okay, what did you do good today? We'll talk about it. You scored, you passed better, whatever. All right, well, what did you do bad? Did you, did you do things that made the team lose? No. Yeah, you did. Let's talk about them. And let's talk about how to make them better. Because in this family, we're all about making it better. We're all about being better. We're all about putting in the effort. Again, all of that comes back to the communication in the unit as a whole of making sure we all push forward. Mm-hmm. So for me, as far as like before kids and after kids, it's the same mentality. I think it's just you have to, it's, in all honesty, I think I'm probably better now with kids. 
my kids have made me better because now I feel like there's even a, like a selfish purpose is easy. It's shallow. Mm-hmm. When you have a purpose for other people and you have you have the obligation to exemplify and show them the way. Well, now you now there is no room for error. So I almost think that if you have kids, that you even have a higher obligation and even more of a priority to do what you need to do. Right. It's not just Whereas you, before letting, I can you, you down, it's letting someone else down. Right. And like the thing, like, the, like, Jonathan the said, like Jonathan said, do you want to have, do you want to raise an idiot because you showed them the wrong things? Or do you want to, or do you want to raise up a good man or a good, or a good woman because you showed them the right things? Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, that's, you know, well, I think. Go, go ahead, Jonathan. Um, I just, you know, whenever I'm out hanging out with the in my kids or going to kids' events, like, I look around and see what their parents are doing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and, and I have this conversation with my kids, too, when they come home and, um, you know, we had an incident, a physical altercation that happened in, in school. Um, <clears throat> and I had to talk to Asher a little bit because... Uh, he, you know, he tried to do the right thing and the kid did the wrong thing and got pretty physical with him. And anyway, I, I just had to tell Asher, I'm like, look, this kid is constantly trying to get physical with you. I said, you know, it's really sad. I said, it's probably how he gets treated at home. So try and look at it that way as don't be mad at the kid. Try and be his friend and explain to him why you don't appreciate him kicking you in the shins or, you know, doing this or that, whatever it is that he's doing. And, and I try and have that perspective because we really do like what the kids do. Kids are not born. They're born. Every kid's different, but they're not born mean or malicious or anything like that. And, and, and so kids are also not born with the desire to necessarily go hunt for elk or whatever it is that, you know, that you do as a parent. And so I like what, what Tom said there about, you know, your kids will, will fight back at you. And some parents get upset about that because they want to be the authority figure. But if you haven't shown that you deserve their respect just because you, and this might get graphic for some people, but hey, guys, your little seven seconds of pleasure does not make you an authority figure in their life. Period. Just because you planted a seed does not make you an authority figure in their life. That's that's simple fact. And just because your title is dad doesn't mean that they have to listen to you. You still have to show through your actions what you're spo- what you want them to do. You may not be out there playing the soccer game, but what are you doing to help them prep? Are you practicing with them in the backyard? Are you talking them through their schedule? Are you review- reviewing, doing an after action review of the game afterwards? No matter what age, just scale it appropriately. Um, are you teaching them to lose with respect? If they lose, what can they do better? Not that sucks and uh, you should feel terrible and you are awful, whatever. But like, hey, the loss sucks, feel the sting. And then when you're done feeling that sting, let's review it a little bit. And then when you win, are you teaching them how to be good winners? You know, hey, you did all these things right. How do we blueprint that so you can do it again? Again, age appropriate, but doing it that way. And don't go and rub it in the, the other team's face. So all of these things go into parenthood. It's a very complicated thing. It's not just, again, you popped out a baby and now you're a parent and you get to be the authority figure of this human being. Like, it is a very, um, it is a very solemn responsibility to be a parent. And I, I think that a lot of people nowadays just are so flippant about it 
that it's uh, it's creating issues with the the victimhood mentality and the triggeredness and everything else that's going on in society it all comes back to the nuclear home and mm -hmm. what did the parents teach the kids you know well and you see a lot of it now like even i'll say like no one could have ever prepared me with being like a new dad prepared me in the sense of like urgency that it brings to an individual just as far as like okay what what really matters right like none of this other stuff like the you know material things or whatnot don't really matter it's like what's the life that she's going to be brought up in who are the people she's going to be around what kind of example does she have growing up and it's like just this overwhelming like yes you're responsible for a human right you're responsible for life um but the a the aspect of like that urgency that ultimately is is brought up um and maybe that's not for everyone but i, I take it as a, a sole responsibility in the sense of like okay it's like no like yeah 18 years of her life probably more because she's not allowed to date until she's 18 but like, so she's got an associate's degree, no boyfriend. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, until she makes a better paycheck than me, she can't date. So there you go. <laughs> From there. She's going to be pushing um, you to an early retirement there, Jake. Yeah, exactly. It won't take much. <laughs> we'll batter into the ground. Um, <laughs> the, But looking at that, too, and it just it makes me appreciate a lot of you know, just even like the lifestyle that I was brought up in, right? Growing up on a farm, like live, having to where mom and dad both, like, and both my parents are split. Like, and this is something that a lot of people don't know. Like, both my parents are divorced. Mom lives down in Arizona. Dad's up in Wisconsin and everything. It's funny, Sal literally just, he had no idea that my parents were divorced. And he just found out like a few weeks ago. So, but through that process, like, regardless of, of that split happening, like, Mama did, dad did a very, very good job at being present and having exactly what you guys are talking about to where, you know, we had the, the action or the after action play or conversations, you know, whether we went to wrestling practice with dad, right, or we would be doing practice wrestling in the, the living room. Um, just values and work ethic that was ultimately applied throughout the entire process that, you know, you really as a kid, you take for granted until all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you're, you're in the dad role, right? To where now you start realizing all these little things or all these little lessons. And it might not just be from dad. It might be from grandparents. It might be from other, other leaders or other fathers that are around you or, you know, just individuals who have ultimately given you those different uh, tidbits. And um, it makes it very aware that I look at all the things and all the kids that are out there now and I see all this stuff via social media that really the number one problem I see at least that stands out to me is parents just pushing their kids off to something else right whether that is the the you know the phone the iPad pushing them off and it's not like there's times and places for those different things like mm -hmm. but to do that just to be hey just be quiet just leave me alone yeah. right like you see that and you hear that it's like yeah a kid should never be told just hey leave me alone by its parent mm -hmm. like you are everything to them in that place and i think back like on my my parents or my mom my dad that kind of stuff i never can recall them ever going through and telling me to leave me alone or, hey, like, 
to just dismiss completely, right? There was definitely respect taught, right? Whether that was through a wooden spoon or a fiberglass fence post, right? <laughs> there was definitely respect, okay? A uh, little bit of fear, but uh, it's a respect that ultimately came from to where it was, you know, even when hanging out with dad's friends, it's a big reason why I believe that I was able to go through and I'm able to communicate with people who are a lot older than me when I was much younger because he would bring me to different events or we go trap shooting and hang out with all of dad's friends, right? So now here I am at 11, 12 years old, right? Talking with adults, communicating with adults and earning that respect piece to where it's like, man, what kind of a world would we be in if more parents, more of our generation ultimately looked at not only doing that on a day-to-day -day basis, and it's why I love being able to surround myself by guys like you and just the rest of the, the crew, like getting them involved to do those things and not just dismissing them. So well, that's so, like a, I, that's a super. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Tom. And right. I'm, I'm I say that's, that's something I like that we're super large proponents of. And even more, you're like, your parents are even doing it even more so than we do. Like, you're, you're exactly right where they push them off because they're too busy or they don't want to deal with it or I'm, I got too much going on. Whereas like I, I'm pretty sure I read a study somewhere where it's, it's been shown that like you don't you don't ask your kid to come help you rake the leaves and go rake a pile of leaves that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like they rake your leaves and they pick them up and they actually contribute to what you're doing. Like everyone always hates like, oh sure, I push them off because I'm busy but then when you ask them for help, they don't want to help. Mm -hmm. Well, when they were willing to help, you said no. When they wanted to be around, you said no. Mm -hmm. You actually give them the responsibility of doing something that matters and not just like the busy work and the shit that doesn't matter. They're going to be more inclined to actually want to be a part of it and want to contribute. And again, communicate. That's the whole thing I was saying earlier. They want to be part of it. And next thing you know, everything flows a little bit better. Like I said, you grow up a little bit more. You're a little bit more respectful. You're a little bit better of a person. Like you, you kind of touched on something too. We're like we're we're big proponents in this ecosystem of leave something better how you, than you found it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, think about that with your kids. You're 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 raising your replacement. Are they going to be better than you or worse than you? Yep. And if they're worse than you, what are you doing about it? Mm -hmm. Yep. So 100%. just two quick things here. One one thing that and there's two comments here in the in the comment section I want to hit on, but. Um, First, with the idea of, of telling them you don't want to be around them right now. Um, there's a way to handle that because uh, you can't be turned on as a parent all the time. There's going to be days where you have rough days. Just like in your, in your marriage, you're going to come home and you're going to have the crappiest day in the world. It has nothing to do with your spouse. And your spouse is going to want all of your attention that you don't have at that time. It's the same with, with kids. There's times where my kids, like on Friday, again, Utah's school system is the screwiest thing ever. Like there's late start Wednesdays, early it's out Fridays. I'm thing. like, it's stupid. But <clears throat> the mountains make up for it. So, <laughs> Jake. That's like, a, hey, that's like, a, we're pausing. That's like the second or third time you've mumbled something under your breath. And I don't yeah. think anyone got it. <laughs> I just said, I, I mean, no, I that's, I that's, the, right that's the only, yeah, yeah, no, he blew right by it. I know yeah. you hear what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. it's the only thing that's screwy about Utah. Right. Okay. I'll just, right. I can just cool. turn the camera around so you can see my view of the mountains right now. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just, you know, I'll just keep talking. Mm -hmm. uh, if you so, check your text right now, you'll see what going out into the woods with Jonathan looks like. 
So oh, I know I you guys it. are both on, on the phones. Yeah, I'm just Yeah, saying, but that was like, a problem. You text and I stopped thinking. I, he was talking. So, I missed half the thing. <laughs> so so with, with the attention thing with, with kids, because obviously, you know, um, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. So with, with, with kids, you can tell them and explain to them, look, like on the days like today was Friday. Perfect example. Kids come home at 1.45 in the afternoon. I usually get trying to be done by 4 or 4.30, maybe 5 o'clock. So that's like two and a half to three, four hours that they're home and dad's home, but they're not getting dad's attention, right? And so you can have that communication with your kids. And I've done this ever since the kids were babies. I did not let people baby talk them. And that's your own choice, whatever. But like treat them as a young human being because that's what they are. And so I have that conversation with him. You know, Asher will really want my attention. I'm like, you know, I welcome him in to the office. You know, I'm like, hey, come on in here, sit down. I give him a couple minutes and I say, look, Asher. And then I show him everything that I'm doing on the computer. I'm like, you may not understand the screen, but I have to get through these emails. I have to make these phone calls. And, you know, why don't you go over to the neighbor's house and see if they can play. You guys can go play out back. You got, you have more than enough Nerf guns. And like, we've provided you with all the tools. Go get creative. Can I have screen time? You know, and that's when I say, okay, I'm great with you having screen time if you want, but what have you done to earn it? Because in our house, every chore gets you 15 minutes, right? And so he'll usually get frustrated. I'm cool with that. I'm like, great, go be frustrated somewhere else. Tom he'll likes go that. Downstairs and he'll, yeah, and he'll, he'll, build some, he'll build some amazing thing out of Legos and then come up. And again, it's an interruption, but I also in my head know I'm not going to have 100%, you know, on my work attention on Fridays because the kids are going to be home for the most part. They're really good. But again, if he builds something cool out of Legos and he brings it up to me, I'm, I'm going to take a minute and celebrate that with him and enjoy that with him and, and, you know, give that attention to him. Um, but again, it's not shoving kids in front of a screen to tell them to shut up. It's teaching them that, Hey, right now, dad cannot give you the attention that you want. Here's why. Now, here are some options that you can use and you can choose from. It's in your power to choose how you spend your time. These are the options that are okay right now. And let them mm. choose from there, right? Let them get creative. Let them use their brain. Um, and, and I will say, if you do put your kids in front of a screen for whatever it is, maybe they've earned it or whatever, Bluey is an amazing show. They're not woke. They're doing it right. They're teaching things. There are things that I'm still learning. Like there was something the other day that I went to apply with Asher and Asher looked at me and he's like, dad, did you watch Bluey? And I was like, I was like, well, I saw a clip and it made sense for you. So yes, I'm going to use it. You know, like I'm telling but, you uh, that dad bandit mm-hmm. is my, is my, is my, whatever, whatever you call that. I'm losing my, blanket. he's my hero. Yeah. yeah he, he's crazy. what I strive for. Exactly. And so you guys may recognize this and Jake, you'll get this as, as your, as Aurora gets older, but Tom, you probably understand this. We try and drill it in our kids heads. Hey, if someone's talking, you don't interrupt, but Asher just has the hardest time because he's worried that he's going to forget the thought. Right. And he needs to know that, you know, you're going to circle back to him. So something that Bluey taught was if two adults are talking, the kid comes over, puts their hand on their on, on the adult's arm, so Asher will put his hand on my arm, and then I put my hand on Asher's hand, letting him know, I know you're here, I'll circle back to you, without having to interrupt the conversation as an adult. So, 
that's funny you go through that's literally when I would go to the trap shoot and this is before Bluey was ever a thing but that's what my dad would have me do is come up it's like there was never an interruption or anything come up put the hand on the shoulder like knows that I'm I'm there and then he finishes his conversation hey what's up bud right yep. like and then able to go through cool and then applied it so it's it's cool that it's it's those simple principles right and all that that have ultimately been taught throughout so. so that and then the the question here in the comments and then we'll get to one there's a question for you jake yeah but oh uh dylan velusic uh, i hope yeah. i pronounced that right um yeah. he so he said curious where this conversation goes in 15 years when they start making a few bad choices like we all did well if your kids wait 15 years to make bad choices kudos to you you're a freaking fantastic parent or your kids are angels but when kids start making bad decisions as a teenager, um, you know, the more like, I guess, I mean, drugs, sex, those kind of more important decisions that they're getting exposed to even younger. I think the right now, the average age that a kid is exposed to pornography is like 10. And I, when I heard that and looked like saw that stat, I was like, holy frick. So. Yeah. What what I would say to that and what weaving and, and I think, Tom, you've got teenagers or close to it. Um, I have the rate, the spectrum from uh, seven all the way up to 24. Right. Like I said, my wife had three kids before we got married. So I've got all the ages and I'm nowhere near perfect. You just started. So I'm really not saying early. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I was eight. You know. <laughs> eight. <laughs> but, <laughs> those, those Utah babysitters, man. Um, but no, the uh, so with 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 that with the bad. De- <laughs> they registered way too late. There must be a lag. <laughs> there was a lag. <laughs> uh, oh. So the, oh. the bad decisions, though, like that what you sense. need to do is establish going back to that respect. Like letting your kids know that they are, and I, I feel like the word's been hijacked safe zone. You get, there's a bad, like bad idea behind that, but your kids need to know that it's safe to come to you. Mm-hmm. And yep. my wife hates it because when the kids are in a bad, sticky situation, they don't call her, they call me. And I love my wife to death, but they know like dad is going to be as level headed as possible on the phone. He's not going to blow up at you. You might get a chewing out later, right? But at the moment, like the situation is going to get handled. They're safe to call me. I'm not going to get pissed in the moment. I will take care of it. And then we'll have a follow-up conversation that is usually more factual than emotional. And and that's that's how I've established it with my kids and how my wife is as well. The kids will go to her about certain things they won't come to me about because they feel more comfortable with her. But either way, creating that opportunity to where we are open with the kids we talk to them mm-hmm. so they don't go and Google things. So they don't go and ask their friends that know nothing about whether, again, whether it be sex or drugs or alcohol, um, they're not going and asking their friends about it. Other teenagers that don't know what they're talking about or are gonna brag or think they're bragging or whatever, um, mm-hmm. they're gonna come to us and they're gonna ask us, hey, what is this or what is that? And, and they're awkward conversations. Like, they are. Sometimes I look over at my wife and I'm like, do you wanna handle this one or should I handle it? Like. You know, but we are open. We have very open communication with the kids. And and I think that, you know, going back to this, like where where this goes when the kids start making bad decisions is be that spot that they know they can come back to you mm-hmm. and and talk to you. <clears throat> yeah, that's, uh, I, think all, I think it comes down to trust. 
hundred percent. I think I think I think all that just comes yeah. down to trust. Like, and you have to you have to instill that trust. Like, what happens when they're like when they're young, when they're older? All resonates from when they're younger. So, what did you do, and how did you treat those situations when they were eight and six? Like my kids are eight and six. Yep. Like when they get in trouble, and then obviously when that trouble escalates, like. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I've never met a six-year-old that went to the principal's office. Apparently, my daughter does now, so here we go. But it's like, nice, yeah, but it's like, well, well, how, how, you, how you deal with that and show them like exactly what Jonathan's is saying, that mm-hmm. it's okay now. We're going to discuss the good, the bad, what we could have done, what we could have did right, what did you do wrong, the whole, the whole spectrum. And then come to that understanding that it was okay. It's not – whatever you did wasn't okay. But this is, you came to me and that was the right move. And keep instilling that coming to discuss it with me is the right move. Yeah. Having faith in yeah. that I'm not going to, that I still love you, that, I'm, that I don't hate you, that I'm not, you made a bad choice. You're not a bad person. Like that's yeah. a big thing that I try to instill because like my kids are pretty cerebral and that all of a sudden if I did one bad, if they did one bad thing, they think they're the most awful person on earth. So like they drilled it and like you made a bad decision. You're not a bad person. And then I, then I honestly think that just mirrors as they get older. Well, you said sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever it could be. You made a bad choice. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Grow from it. Learn from it. Don't make the second mistake twice. Right. And that's something, I mean, just going like to, to Dylan and, and even his, his wife, Leslie, like they got their, their little man, Duke, right? And they're another, another crew inside the, the First From Outdoors group and that that I believe do a really, really good job when it comes into getting, you know, their son involved, right? Taking him out waterfowl hunting, duck hunting. Like it's super, super cool to watch all that stuff tar- partake. But to your point, Jonathan, I mean, both your guys' points to, to go back and answer his questions, like, <clears throat> or to, you know, come on onto that question is, Dude, that's that's all it is is it's trust it's being that individual in their life that like that solid rock and that point where you know yeah you have to be dad there are going to be there's different times where there will be consequences for different things but at the end of the day none of those consequences are ever unfair right and knowing that dad is always there mom is always there like that was one thing, you know, very fortunate, just even the life that I was brought up in too is you know, I knew that if I messed up, got in trouble, or if I was in a pinch, like I could call dad, right? Or I could call, you know, mom. I knew also, I mean, even in the family, it goes a lot further than that. It's like, I knew I could call one of my uncles, right? They, they would say the same thing. It's like, we don't care what you did, Jake. Like we'll go through and handle that and we'll figure that stuff out. You're not gonna be perfect. But at the end of the day, when you know you need someone, and then a lot of it came to where it's like, we know you're probably going to drink. We know you're going to go do this. You're going to go have fun with friends. You're going to do these things. Don't be stupid. You can have fun. Don't be stupid. Like, understand that we are here to go through and help and support you throughout the process. And we'll make sure that you're safe. You're going to come into times where you might have to go through and make some hard decisions. Understand that those decisions are easier made. Like, we've made those same decisions. Right. And I think that's having that open conversation with that and those different awkward conversations is like, hey, we've been there before. And I'm not going to say that I'm I'm God in the sense that I am I'm perfect all the way through it. But we can help navigate those different things to make sure that you're safe at the end of the day. And if they know that that 
Like that, that, that's just a communication trust piece to all the way through it. So, well, yeah. and at the same time, like at different ages, we'll just go through different, like what Tom was saying, you know, your kid, you get an email or a phone call from the principal about your kid mm -hmm. going to the principal's office. Um, when your kid gets home from school, what's your first conversation with them? Are you screaming at them? Are you yelling at them? Are you saying right. how embarrassed they you are because of them? Or are you sending them down like, hey, so, you know, walk me through what happened. You know, that you that's a very much face. different conversation. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, which one is it? You know, and then when they get, get to teenage years, maybe they're dating someone that you don't like. If you start <laughs> telling them you nope. have to do this or you have to do that or I can't believe blah, blah, blah. Well, what's that going to do? That's going to push them right into the arms of that other person that you don't like. Whereas if you invite them in, you know, come, hey, come talk to me. Oh, I'm really sorry that he or she hurt you or whatever happened. You know, they know that they can always come back to you and talk to you and then have factual conversations with them. You know, I'm dealing with that with one of my kids right now in, in, in his relationship. Um, you know, I'm like, look, I understand you want to go back to her, but here's what's going on right now. And, and here's the facts. So, you know, I'm here to keep you safe and, and, and protect you from your own self right now as you're going through some hard times. Um, that's what we're here for. You know, answering the phone at midnight. Those are never fun conversations. You know, if your kids are calling you at 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know it's not a good conversation to have. You know something's happening. And so, again, how do you react to that? Do you answer the phone like, Hey, what the, why are you calling me at this time? Or do you answer the phone like, Hey buddy, what's going on? You know, mm -hmm. and, and you're inviting and you listen again, take your emotions out of it. Once you hang up, you can go put your foot through a wall or whatever it is that you need to do. But on the phone conversation or in, in the, in person, like be level headed, get rid of the emotion and then help walk them through what needs to happen. Right. And learning mm -hmm. how to accept their consequences as well. It's funny because honestly, that's exactly how you sound, Jonathan. Is like, hey, what's what's up, buddy? Like, Jonathan's been in my house and he's had had family members go through and call him at my house, and that's literally that is how he goes through and answers the phone. So, I can speak on that one. <clears throat> Jonathan, were you gonna say or uh, Tom, were you gonna say something? I didn't send no. you a text. Okay. Someone else did. Okay. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. um, and then Jake, um, you had one. I guess to wrap it up, because we're getting here to close to six. There was one more question specifically to you. It said Jake, as a new dad, what's one thing you anticipated that turned out to be the opposite? One that I anticipated to be be the opposite. You thought it was. He'd have energy, and it turned out. To be <laughs> <laughs> um. I actually, I, I assumed that there was going to be, I mean, just truthful and honest, like I thought there was going to be a lot more crying. Um, Tina and I are very, very blessed to have a baby who is honestly very, um, obedience, a bad word. <laughs> She's Stop crying. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put the fear of God in them right off the bat. Exactly. You're just telling them, treat well, them like a little you human. Learn, you yeah. learn nothing from this conversation. <laughs> nothing from this conversation. <laughs> I father purely through fear. <laughs> no. 
Um, the I will say like that's that's a big one. Um, you know, going into it, I was I was unsure. I was fully um, prepared to just like be constant, just go like oh my gosh, go go go. And I know some some families you know get uh, get hit with a kid who has like colic and all that stuff. And I think I was almost anticipating that being the case um, going into to parenthood and fatherhood of just like okay like to where honestly it, like and Tina's a rock star she's been a phenomenal like support system throughout everything of course she works from home she does all this stuff like she takes a huge brunt of really all of it right she's here all day with her throughout the day I'm at work come back um, but through that piece like I expected it to honestly be even more tiring than it is it's still it's exhausting like it is just going back and forth like last night I mean <clears throat> the first time I was starting to feel better in that Tina's had Aurora literally for the last five days straight just because I've been sick and I'm like okay I'm I'm good enough to where I'm like I don't feel like I'm going to give her what I had right and I'm like coming to the back end of it so I just like picked her up and to let Tina have some some time to do her her work and just eat and not be holding her um but i think that was something like it uh i almost over anticipated how um stressful it was gonna go through and be which maybe makes it seem it's a little bit less stressful um the <clears throat> i think that I'm, I'm just very i'm fortunate and blessed to have a a partner like Tina who ultimately helps and supports going back and forth in that piece. Um, the, the other thing that I would say is I didn't think that it would change me as far as like wanting, like this goes right back to that urgency thing is like, for me, there's part of me now to where it's like, okay, well, what do I got to do to work from home? Right. To where it's like being able to have that time. Like I didn't really expect that at all to where it's like, oh, nothing really changed. I'll still go in, go to work, do what I need to do, X, Y, and Z. Um, but even with that, it's like, okay, what do I got to do to go through and maybe work, do part-time from home, like working from home so I can be there to do those little things in between, whether that's help with laundry, dishes, do different work that I have to get done, um, and working those different pieces together. Um, that's really, I didn't expect that to be that way but the more and more diving into it and as time goes on it's just like okay well I want to be able to spend that time with her with my family and ultimately make sure that I am present just like how I was like how my dad and my mom were with uh with the farm and just growing up in Wisconsin so just more or less the the presence of it so you guys heard it here first <clears throat> Jake's gonna try and work from home so he can do laundry <laughs> hey, hey, it's a deal. It's a partnership. There you go. Texting Tina right now. I was just gonna say. Go ahead. Dad, I put a I put a fucking load in earlier. All right. <laughs> so, touche. First one in three months. No. <laughs> so, um, no, there's a lot of it. It's until you get into it, you have no idea what you're getting into. But and I think you know waited for a very very long time to go through and have kids and. I'm not disappointed in that in any way, shape, or form. You don't have to feel pressured or rushed into to fatherhood or parenthood, but it's it's freaking awesome. Look, if yeah. you don't want to have kids, <clears throat> tip: don't hang out with me and my wife. 
Yeah, apparently. <laughs> is that a Mormon thing? I, you know what? Look, <laughs> all I'll say, all I'll say, is that Jake and Tina were happy. They were fine. They were doing their thing, and then they went to freaking Montana with us. And guess what? Nine months later, there's little Aurora. There's a lot of vagueness in this conversation that is unacceptable. That's all I'm saying. A lot of like that's. We, we, we went to. Hey, the, they we met. Up, they Mont- met. Up, they met up with us in Montana, and guess what? Nine months later, they're pregnant. <laughs> There's so hey, much omission take here. That how you want? No, we went to the Montana Knife Company grand opening, and my wife's joke is because she like whenever she's ever wanted to have kids, like it just happens, right? And some other people don't have that opportunity yeah. like it yeah. takes time you actually have to and you know obviously the code for we are trying to have kids is we're just having a lot of sex right so but either way um it was just funny because jake and tina waited you know they were whatever the situation was and then all of a sudden they go to the montana knife company grand opening with us and nine months later little aurora's here so what do you know what do you know freaking crazy yep. Right, hang out with Mormons, ginger Mormons. Yeah, you know, <laughs> she's happens. born on Wisconsin gun opener. She comes nine days over to land on Wisconsin gun opener. That was mm-hmm. a funny joke. Funny, oh, yeah. funny joke. <laughs> well, now you get to celebrate her birthday every year. Oh, by trust taking me, taking her out. Exactly. I'm gonna go build a blind <laughs> up in northern Wisconsin. It's gonna be called mm-hmm. the Palace, and then every year we can just go to the Palace for her birthday. There you go. I'm hang out. Exactly. Perfect. Very nice. Daddy daughter. Shoot her how, shoot her, so. t- show her how to shoot all the little spikes you shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and with that note. And with that note, for everyone who's listening, I hope you guys have had a phenomenal time. All right. I thought we were going to make it through a podcast without roasting Jake at all. Uh, mm. So that being said, if you're not in the First Form Outdoors Facebook group, definitely jump on over there. We've done this live in the group thus far um and it'll be be continuously popping in there every friday 6 p.m um might get an assortment of different individuals we'll be having special guests and everything pop on from time to time uh conversations all across the board really it's it's boots by the fire um good people good conversations um tapping into all things from fitness living a healthy fit lifestyle to dad stuff hunting stuff outdoor stuff Uh, Just life conversations you'd have around a fire. So if you're not in the group, definitely jump on in there. You can get in on them live uh, or else we'd really just appreciate you guys, no matter where you're listening to this, if you're in the Facebook group or just tuning in on any of the other platforms, um, go through, uh, give it a, give it a share, like a review, um, leave something, uh, some sort of comment, give us some sort of feedback, what you guys thought of the, the, the podcast itself. Um, going out, sharing it with friends, family, getting people involved in the First From Outdoors Facebook group just allows us to be able to go through and uh, spread the message and just bring more more, more boots around the fire. Appreciate you all. Appreciate you guys coming in, and uh, we'll see you guys next week, all right? Deuces. Deuces.